Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting backstage in the beautiful Commodore Ballroom with two members of Jimmy Eat World. I would love each of you to introduce yourselves, please. Thanks. I am Jim. I play in the band Jimmy Eat World. But what do you do in the band? I do several things. I sing and I play guitar at the same time sometimes. And you dance. And I dance. I can do uh, the wave <laughs> with my arms and forearms. So can we add hype man to your resume? Yeah, I get the hype going sometimes. You know, whatever, you know, it's really just whatever looks like it's needed at the moment. I can, I can you know, do an okay job of filling in. And I'm terrible at that. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? That's oh, a good yeah. question. I am Tom. I play in the band Jimmy Eat World as well, and I'm the guitar player. Hi, Tom. What are you bad at again? <laughs> Pretty much everything. <laughs> That's not true. Okay, quick warm-up question. The story behind the name of the band is adorable. I'd love you guys to tell me that quickly. Quickly, uh, the name of the band Jimmy Eat World was thought of by, you know, what a coincidence. The man's right here. Tom, his younger brothers, goes to a story involving them when they were like eight or six. One of them, uh, one of them thought of the name. That's the quick story. Tom, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, they were both young kids when they got in a fight, and my brother Jim was a little bit overweight at the time, and my brother Ed, after the fight, um, drew this picture that said, Jimmy Eat World, like saying that my brother Jim was so fat he could eat the world, and posted it up on his door, and we, we, then we took some acid, and then that's our band name now. Coming up with the band name can be really hard sometimes. So you have to you have to search for alternate levels of consciousness to really get into something that that will have legs. That is an amazing story. But why did it take you tripping on some acid to choose that name? I mean, you'd have to be tripping on acid to think that was a good band name. Fair enough. Oh, Ryan is getting a call. It's my broker. <laughs> so let's start with a Jimmy Eat World track. I'm going to play my favorite track off your latest record, Integrity Blues, and that track is called You With Me. Jim, let's pretend that there's people out there who don't know who Jimmy Eat World is, and how would you introduce this track to people who maybe have never heard the song, The Middle? Hmm. You know, the thing I would say to people who don't know who we are um, and aren't familiar with us is that I'd, I'd describe us as a guitar-based melodic rock band. So here's our song, You With Me, a guitar-based melodic rock song.
show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track You With Me off the record Integrity Blues by the band Jimmy Eat World. I have Jim and Tom here with me backstage at the Commodore. Tom, it's your turn to tell us a little bit about this song. You With Me. All right. So we recorded this with the producer's name is Justin Meldell Johnson. And we also had some guest vocalists on it. We had Courtney Marie Andrews sang some backup tracks on it, right, Jim? Oh, yeah, she did. She did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Robin did too, right? Yeah. Who are these people that sang? Um, there are a couple of our friends from Arizona, um, both like great musicians. And uh, Robin's on the road with us currently, and he's playing keyboards and guitar and doing some backup vocals. Courtney has her own thing going, and she's al- she's also did like what a year of touring with us. For what record was that? Yeah, uh, some, yeah, some Jimmy World live band alumni in the in the 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 vocal chorus for that. Fun fact. Tom, you mentioned that you guys were working with the producer Justin Melda Johnson. He's worked with a lot of bands. I looked up his resume before I came here. I'd love you guys to tell me a bit about the pitch process that you guys went through to find a producer. You know, I think what we were looking for in a producer going in to make Integrity Blues was just someone that was going to bring um, a new, someone with, with, a, with a background that has like a, a varied um, palette of ideas. And Justin's you know, broad range of stuff he'd worked on, as well as his just personal insane musicianship, I think really, um, it fit that it fit that bill of someone that was gonna come, you know, uh, just someone, someone new we haven't worked with before, someone who, you know, thinks about things, we see, someone that we see eye to eye on what with what we like, but also had a different perspective as far as like what path to take to get it to the end. So he's had a really varied resume. I'd love you to talk about one part of his CV that particularly impresses you. Well, I think like us, where we're coming from is, you know, I'm thinking about guitar. That's what I grew up playing the most. So, you know, even if, even if an idea goes to like a piano or a synth kind of thing, it usually starts out with like a guitar as a placeholder bit. And, you know, Justin, he thinks about synth and piano a lot. Like his, his brain will go to there as well. And I'm just going to jump in because a lot of people are going to know him from his work he did with a band called M83. Quickly, who are M83? They're a French band. They are really M83 good. M83 is a French band. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on. Give people some context. Because working with a guy who's played and written with M83 or for M83, it's a big... Right change from what you guys do well i think that you know that's also fitting with what um a good producer isn't going to necessarily walk in and make their record they're going to uh you know empower you to make your record if you look at like uh like anything m83 has done with justin collaborating and then go to you know skip across and go to like um yeah paramore i mean that's just like or or uh you know his, his playing with beck it's like you can see how his musicianship and his ideas kind of lend toward the pro- the, pro- the final product being the best fulfillment of what it wants to be. But at the end, it's really about him trying to empower us to make the best realized vision for what we want to do. Best song, yep. Okay, so I think that it's time to play another track. We are going to play one of the other two singles from the record so far. So why don't we pick the one that you can best talk about your working relationship with Justin? 
There are drums and drum testing in the background. It happens, man. This is the gritty behind the scenes here at the Commodore Ballroom. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about Sure and Certain, one of the singles. I think, like, that was a song that's been sitting around for a really long time in a, in a fledgling kind of state, I think. We, we knew how... It would. We knew. We knew how parts of it would go, and we knew where it would end up. But we didn't know how to kind of bridge the gap between those two places. And it's hard to point to one specific thing and say like this piano line that he thought of really brought it together. It was more like um, him just pushing us to <laughs> to just get it done. <laughs> it's sunset sound. He had us all plugged in, and we were just rehearsing it. Um, but he had us all plug in and play, and all the parts kind of started to come together from that when we were at sunset like yeah with, no, with everyone true. remember that that's true that's true i think a lot of the times like with digital recording you can get locked into really zoning in on like one element being being the best it can be and that and yeah that's great for that but i mean you sort of lose the bigger per, the, uh, the bigger uh, uh picture on what you're trying to do and justin was very insistent about hearing even if it's even if it's going to be cut and thrown away Hearing uh, all the time as close to a final thing as it's going by as possible. Nice. So now let's hear the track. Whatever ways I tried to change happened and passed leaving me the same. Of course it must be something else. Leading questions I might ask This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Sure and Certain by a band called Jimmy Eat World off their latest record, Integrity Blues. We were talking a little bit about this song and how your producer, Justin, helped you work through it. Let's just talk in general now, like a fun fact about the song. Who's got one? Hmm. Fun fact about Sure and Certain. (laughs) There's nothing fun about this there's absolutely no fun intended on why did you guys choose this track to be a single you know I, I the process of going through singles and like what what is a single and what isn't a single is is just a it's just a pain in the ass really and I'd be I'd be proud 
showing anybody who, who doesn't know what we do any song on Integrity Blues and saying like, here's my band, this is what we do. Devil's Advocate, choosing a single means that you might be playing the song for many, many years. Yeah, so you better make sure if it's going on your record that it's, you're proud of it. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's these horror stories about like bands like um, Warrant was, was doing their, uh, they had their record done, it was called Uncle Tom's Cabin, and they, the label said they needed a single. So they went back and wrote Cherry Pie, and that like, and that became a big hit. Now they have to do Cherry Pie. And I remember there was like some interband kind of strife over that. Like they're like, you know, that they felt like that took them out of being taken seriously. And, you know, it became something that they never really wanted it to be. And uh, yeah, that can happen. So bands, be careful if you're, if you got a really catchy novelty song, like you better love that. <laughs> I think Radiohead Creep is kind of like that too. Like they hate, like won't play it and. Uh, I don't get it. I don't think, yeah. I think that's, it's, it's not like a, you gotta cut yourself some slack too if you're, if you're learning, but I mean, I, I know what you're saying. So today we're talking about your latest record, Integrity Blues. You guys are touring this record. So that means constructing a new set list for your shows. First of all, let's start with the basics. How do you decide on your set lists? You know, we have a set, we, we know we want to play a lot. Of, we're, we're, we're excited to play the new songs from Integrity Blues. That's, that's kind of why we're here. You know, I like to, to, to perform new material for people. Um, so we want to try to play a lot of that stuff, but we also know that it sucks going to see a band play and you don't know anything. So we try to throw in a big mix of, 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 of material from all of our records and kind of rotate that around. For sure, the middle is going to be played, that's no doubt. But what I wanted to ask you guys, after you decide what the set list is, because you have a new record, some songs that were in the repertoire last time around are dropping out. So I wanted to talk about which songs got selected to drop out. But first, let's just get a solid answer on how you construct your set list. Uh, well, we know how we want to get in and we know how we want to get out. And there's like certain points in the set that we know we want to have be like the pivots. We think about the set list in like a terms of an arc, like a maybe like a uh, like a novel kind of, you know, basic <laughs> basic classic novel kind of arc of rising and and falling and then you know ending. And we might sub out different songs for like the 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 intermediate points in there, but we know pretty much that we're gonna how we're gonna start and how we're gonna end and what what the middle is going to look like. So now let's talk about the songs that got cut out of the arc this time around. Um, the song, we'll kind of s cut out usually, different songs. Yeah, usually, usually what what yeah. we did, pre the whatever tour we did previous to this one, if we, what we were favoring, like we tend to not favor. Mm -hmm. And we do look at our set list from the time, anytime that we were in the area, like last, last time we played in, in Vancouver, you know, we'll look at what we did and see. Uh, maybe we should play something different. Like we played a song off Clarity. Let's try to do instead of not. Let's not do that song that we did last time on Clarity and switch it in, switch in a different song yeah. on Clarity. So just to switch it up a little bit. Nice. So we need to play Get Right. So like, we're gonna talk about Get Right before we hear it. Who wants to go first? Uh, let's keep it rolling. I'll go first, I guess. Get Right. It's a song about uh, you know, kind of searching for. Uh, Searching for uh, external ways to make an internal problem go away and being disillusioned at that with rock guitars.
show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Get Right Off the Record, Integrity Blues by a band called Jimmy Eight World. The opening act is doing their drum test as we speak. Or is it you guys? Who is it? It's our drum tech. Yep, getting all the drums set up and sounding good. We, we, we demand perfection, so you'll hear the beginnings of perfection happening in the background here. Out of my book of questions, your statement that you released before you put out the record drifted out. So we'll talk about that. So I'd love you to talk about this statement because you guys, before you put out this record, took a year off, did no music, and then you put out this statement. And this statement, you can go to the website to read it, but it makes it sound like you were sort of going through some stuff, guy. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's sort of, it just comes with the territory of getting older. You kind of look at life in uh, in new ways as time goes on, and I think um, it was important to, to um, just kind of frame what we were doing in the context of that. You know, like the Integrity Blues is an attempt to look at the things affecting your life from the uh, actual problem as opposed to the symptoms of the problem you know and a lot of the time like you can misplace your effort on trying to fix things that just really aren't gonna matter in the long run one thing that i find interesting about you you may be upset that i do this but if you lump jimmy Eat world in with all the emo guys you're one of those singers that never really puts his persona to the front of things like other guys have done and you seem to be sort of reversing that maybe a bit with that statement. Yeah, you know, I think that the work that we've done has always been, uh, you know, I would just I would describe it as kind of anthologizing experience. It's not necessarily like a heart on the sleeve. This happened to me. This specific incident happened, and this and I'm just you know gonna tell tell you about it right now. It's always like you know kind of um, you know I'll pull I'll pull like experience and and mix it with observation and mix that with questions and mix that with um you know what if kind of things all in the same all in the same boat it just kind of feels like uh uh you know I'll mix it up and 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 put it down to what I feel is appropriate for the song itself it's never it, it, in the past it's never been like uh you know as specific as like, you know, a, a, a singular incident or thing, and I think I think maybe that's what you're talking about. Like a lot of a lot of people that get that uh, um, that are uh, categorized in in the emo genre, they tend to go for more of a really detail specific kind of thing. I agree. So just to shift gears a little bit, how was your year off doing nothing about music? You know, it, it for me like I, I stopped playing with the band and I just kept playing. So you never really clock out of this gig. It just it just like you know what you're focusing on changes. So I imagined you guys in your garages building elaborate birdhouses. <laughs> yeah, whiskey stills, birdhouses. Um, you know, Tom has a pretty successful Etsy shop. No, I don't. <laughs> so Tom, what did you do? Uh, I just got into shape when I got off of the last tour that we did. I was so out of shape and super fat and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I just started boxing and yeah, 
So, Jimmy Eat World is one of those bands that a lot of people listen to when they want to remember simpler times. So, I wanted to ask you guys, what music does that for you? Probably like the first Violent Femmes record. It makes me think about skating as a kid and trying to drop in on uh, my friend's half pipe and not ever landing it. That's good. <laughs> can't beat that. Beat that, Tom. Beat that. Of course you can. You have a record collection. So a song that... Come on. If I took your phone and opened up the music player and looked at the songs, there's going to be some pretty old tracks in there that are there because they're sentimental to you. So you just need to pick one of those and tell me why. All right. The Cure, A Forest. Um, that was one of the first concerts I went to. Um, I just love the song. I was reading on Stereo Gum the other day that at the age of 33, that is the point when most people stop listening to new music. What do you guys think about that? Uh, you know, for the most part, that might be accurate. I don't know. I, I, I think at some point that might reverse itself, though, and you start going, you know, music crazy. Because I listen to more music now than ever, and I'm always looking for for new stuff. I mean, I think I think it might be difficult. It's I'm more picky now in what I really invest my time in. Like I got a, I think before I would give records like way more of a chance now it's like i know what i like and i love the things that i find that 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 i love but i don't have i don't have time for for things that are you know mediocre so what's the last new record you enjoyed oh man i like the new stuff i heard from sylvanesso I don't think their whole album's out yet, but the tracks they've been putting out are like surprisingly like the real deal. Cloud Nothings is a really good band. And to me, they sound like what I'm drawn to is like uh, stuff that reminds me of of uh, the the kind of scene that we used to roll around in, but not it's not derivative. It's like they could have existed, con- you know, right along with it and just ruled. Yeah. But it's not derivative of anything. You know, it's like, it's hard to explain. But I really like the Cloud Nothings, the, the new Cloud Nothings. The new Ty Siegel record's good. Perfect. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. It's the end of the show. So you get the last selection. Radical. I'll pick a song called You Are Free. Just because I think it's a great way to uh, close things out here. And escape this interview. Yes. <laughs> you are free. Vittles keep me up
Tom. And I'm Jim. We're from Jimmy Eat World, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood.